0: All right, how's everybody doing? Hotep. Hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. I'm a talk show host, researcher, election and writer. It is Friday, December 21st, 2018. It's the winter solstice. This marks the first day of winter. Came at uh, about 5.23 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. This is the shortest day of the year also in the Northern Hemisphere, shortest day of the year. So I wanted to, uh, and I'm testing out a new laptop. I had to buy a new laptop uh, last night and been busy installing software, software, um, and setting up the settings the way they need to be, things like that. So this is my first time broadcasting on Facebook Live with this new uh, uh, laptop actually live. Earlier today, I did a, a rebroadcast and that went pretty well because this laptop has a faster processor than uh, my older laptop. So, uh, But I wanted to come on and uh, talk about what's going on tonight in Washington, D.C. with the uh, government shutdown. How's everybody doing? Angie, Kimberly, Corey, how's everybody doing? So you have a looming... Uh, partial shutdown of the government. We're going to talk about this a little bit here. Partial shutdown of the federal government. Um, 75% of the federal government has been funded. So 25% is going to be shut down. We're going to give you some details then with what's going on. But this came about because Donald Trump is trying to strong arm Congress to get them to Fund 5.7 billion dollars to build a wall along the Mexican border that Donald Trump campaigned on and said and said Mexico was going to pay for. He did not say U.S. taxpayers were going to have to pay for this wall. He didn't say that he was going to shut down the government when he campaigned. He didn't talk about shutting down the government for this wall. He said Mexico was going to pay for this wall. Right. So. Um, and what happened was in the U.S. Senate two days ago, you know, they had this is tied to the federal budget. Right. He what he did was he tied getting um, the the, the, the five point seven billion dollars in funding. He tied that to the uh, the uh, federal budget. OK. To force it through. All right. So it passed, so you know, every year Congress has to uh approve the federal budget. Okay, it's about 4.1 trillion dollars, 4.2 trillion dollars. It's approved in the house, it's approved in the U.S. Senate. Okay. So what he did was uh because he was getting beat up by right-wing media, by uh people on Fox News, uh Uh, Rush Limbaugh on uh, conservative radio and Coulter, Laura Ingram on Fox News because he was getting beat up by people like this. Then what he does is, is he comes out today and uh, in a series of tweets, he's pushing to get this $5.7 billion, okay, funded. Because Laura Ingram said on Fox News that you know he had to get this done, and what people what people are saying is that if he does not get the funding for the this fake wall, this is his last chance. Um, Congress is supposed to be on recess right now for uh, Christmas. Some of the some of the um, a lot of the members of the House of Representatives have already gone back home. Some of the members of the Senate had gone home and then had to come back for this. And he knows that this is his last chance and he knows that if he does not get the funding for this wall, then he's going to lose support from his base because they see a lot of these other promises that he's he's made, he has not kept. And more and more information is coming out exposing him as the fraud that I told you that he actually was, okay? We saw uh, Michael Cohen uh, talking about the uh, payments to Stormy Daniels and Karen McCullough. We see uh, David Pecker, CEO of American Media Inc, which publishes the National Enquirer, and he has entered into a non-prosecutorial agreement with uh, the feds. And uh, we know that uh, Trump was in the room when the discussion of the payments were being made and that's a campaign finance law violation. So that's a felony. We see the Trump Foundation uh, has shut down. Uh, we know that uh, he's going to have a lot of problems, not just with the incoming um, attorney general of New York, but also with the one that's there now because the current attorney general of New York um, Uh, continue to expose the Trump Foundation. So there's 17 investigations going on right now, dealing with Trump and businesses that he has ran in the last 10 years, things like this, right? So he he sits up and watches Fox News uh, a good portion of the day, and he's listened to conservative radio, and he's influenced by these people who are not elected officials, And these people who are not uh, vetted by the U.S. Senate. So then he comes today, this morning, and he meets with uh, members of the House of Representatives, key members of the House of Representatives, to attach $5.7 billion to to the funding for the federal government to push this through so he can try to push it through the Senate and then he talked about now we saw yeah i think it was yesterday he changed his language and instead of just talking about a wall he's talking about slates which is a different type which is a kind of a type of fencing okay but what what trump is trying to do is strong arm congress to get american taxpayers to pay for this fake wall that most um uh, Immigration experts and experts along the border, most of them are saying, look, you, we, you, the wall is not what you need because the wall, you won't be able to see through the wall. You won't be able to see certain things on the other side that's crucial to see. So they're saying we need a combination of technology. We need a combination of manpower. So what he it, so. It, so then uh, it was either 10 or 11 days ago. He was meeting. We all saw it. He was meeting with Chuck and Nancy, Senator Chuck Schumer of New York, and um, Senator Nancy, uh, Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi of California. And he was meeting with them right in the Oval Office, and 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 they were going back and forth. And he and he said that uh, he would shut down the government over the wall, and he would take responsibility for the shutdown. He said, I'm not going to blame you for the shutdown, talking, talking to uh, Chuck and Nancy. He said, I'm going to take responsibility for the shutdown. So this is, so this is where we are. Trump, Trump is desperate. And see, what's taking place is he knows the walls are closing in. This was a horrible week for him. This was after yesterday General, uh, uh, Jim Mattis, General James Mattis resigning in protest. OK, uh, behind Trump announcing the withdrawal of troops from Syria, which is a huge mistake. He didn't he didn't he didn't consult with generals. He didn't consult with his secure uh, with uh, national security, anything like that. Just totally ridiculous. Right. And some of these stupid ass moves he's making. This benefits this benefits Vladimir Putin. This benefits Saudi Arabia. But some of these moves he's making also I think is to distract from these investigations that are taking place as well okay so this is what's taking place so at midnight the federal government is going to be a partial shutdown this time so here's what's here's what's happening okay and you're gonna have some federal employees that are not going to get paychecks right during during the, for the holidays Okay, so let's look at this here. Um, Washington Post, we'll look at a couple of articles. Think about three articles, Washington Post and NBC News. How's everybody doing? Share this broadcast on your Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in also. And I just got to bear with me a little bit, because I just got this laptop last night. I'm still installing software. This is my first time doing Facebook Live on here. I just installed Zoom. Okay, how's everybody doing? All right. But this is the dumbest thing also. this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. So where, so you know, it's going to be interesting to see how nice. many of these idiots who voted for Trump are not going to get paychecks because they're, they're federal employees, and they believe the lies that this kind of man told, okay? And, and if you follow my broadcast, you listen to my radio show, anything like this, I told you last year Donald Trump is the first Russian president of the United States. I told people this last year, Donald Trump is the first Russian president of the United States. Okay. And, uh, if you don't already haven't already realized that, keep watching, you're going to find that out. All right. Okay. So, uh, and let me just share this quickly here. All right. How's everybody doing? Okay. So we got Corey, we got Thomas. Um, And Trump is going to be forced to resign from office, also. Um, So Democrats take control of the House of Representatives in uh, January third, okay? And they will have subpoena power. They will have control of all the committees. There are up to eighty-five investigations that Democrats in the House of Representatives will be able to launch. Nobody thought Richard Nixon was going to resign from office, okay? Until he did, August eighth, nineteen seventy-four. That was three days after he turned over the Nixon tapes. He was sued for the Nixon tapes. He turned those over to the special prosecutor. Nobody thought Nixon was gonna resign from office. He, he, he announced his resignation August 8th, 1974. And the following day at 12 noon, August 9, 1974, he resigned from office. He became the first sitting US president who no, 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 no. resigned from office, okay? I think you're gonna have a second one also. All right, so let's look at this uh, article here from the uh, Washington Post. Where did it go? Okay. Uh, Okay, so we have a partial shutdown and... Okay, here we go. Okay, so partial, partial government shutdown assured after lawmakers leave capital without budget deal, all right? So large parts of the federal government are shutting down overnight at 12 midnight, As Donald Trump, the first Russian president of the United States, torpedoed a bipartisan spending deal because it lacked the money he demanded for a wall along the Mexican border that he lied and said Mexico was going to pay for. This is what he conned these people who voted for him. Okay, now funding for numerous agencies, including those um, that operate parks, Homeland Security law enforcement tax collection and transportation were set to expire at midnight close to 400,000 federal workers are expected to be sent home without pay until a deal is reached and numerous services will be halted in that time with the impacts broadening the longer The funding lapse lasts. Now, uh, very quickly, when he met with Chuck and Nancy about 10 or 11 days ago, they told him that they would give him the one point three billion dollars. Okay, they told him they would give him one point three billion dollars. He wanted more, but they talked about how in the previous budget he was given one point three billion dollars and he had not had not used all of it It was only about three hundred. Uh, only about three hundred thousand, maybe four hundred thousand of that one point three billion in the previous budget has been used. Okay, so he's just lying all the way, and and he's trying to save face because he knows he's failing. He knows the walls are closing in. Okay, uh, you and you have uh, John Kelly, chief of staff, leaving. You have James Mattis who resigned in protest. You're going to have some more people leaving. Also, he'll probably get rid of his homeland security director. Okay, uh, he uh, he's finding out things that Mick Mulvaney, who's going to be his new chief of staff, uh, because nobody, because uh, Nick Ayers, who was the vice president's chief of staff, he didn't want the job. Okay, for longer than two or three months, because he was planning to go. He was planning like to uh, go back home to to his family and stay. Okay, so this so. so You got to understand, Trump is unraveling. Trump is unraveling. This fool is about to lose his mind. And Democrats have not taken control of the House of Representatives yet either. It's, It's going to be all downhill from now. Because like, say like February, March, when all these subpoenas and more investigations hit, he's going to look back at this time as like the good old days. Seriously. So, funding for numerous agencies, including those that operate parks, homeland security, law enforcement, tax collection, and transportation, uh, was set to expire at midnight. Close to 400,000 federal workers are expected to be sent home without pay until a deal is reached, and numerous services will be halted in that time, okay, uh, with the impacts broadening the longer. the funding lap lasts. So the uh, shutdown intensifies a standoff between Donald Trump, who is demanding five point seven billion dollars for a border wall that he lied and said Mexico was going to pay for. And congressional Democrats who have vowed to block any wall funding and have the votes to uh, do so. It marks a deflating final chapter for Republicans as they uh, complete two years of unified GOP control in Washington, as well as an acrimonious prelude uh, to the upcoming era of divided government after Democrats take control of the House of Representatives in January January 3rd of 2019. Now, Trump saw the final days of this year As his last chance to try to extract funding for the wall, while Democrats united against the wall and buttressed by big wins in the midterm elections, uh, showed no signs of buckling to his demands amid a flurry of attacks this week. Now, he was able to strong arm it and get this through the House of Representatives, but everybody is suspecting that it's going to die in the Senate because as it stands now, you need 60 votes. When it comes to a budget measure, when it comes to a bill dealing with a budget, you need 60 votes in the U.S. Senate to get anything passed. And Republicans don't have 60 votes and none of the Democrats are going to vote for it. Republicans have. This, the, the new senators haven't taken the new senators haven't been sworn in yet, if I remember correctly. So Republicans have 51 votes in the um, Senate. OK, because the new the new Senate, just like the new House of Representatives, that they have not been sworn in yet. So we're still operating based upon the um, the previous uh, Senate. So it's uh, 51 Uh, 49 uh, Republicans. All right, so the White House and congressional leaders continued negotiations late Friday, December 21st, but by 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the House and the Senate had adjourned for the night. That made it impossible to vote on any spending agreement until Saturday, and it remained unclear whether any deal would materialize by then. It is unclear how long a shutdown might last. Donald Trump predicted early on Friday that it could drag on for a very long time, OK? So now some people are saying by January 3rd, the shutdown can, can end. And keep in mind, this is a partial shutdown. 75% of the government has, has been funded, OK? Um, but I think. I I have a sneaky suspicion, you know, when a lot of these people who voted for Trump are not getting paychecks. They're going to put pressure on their elected officials to put pressure on him and say, look, you know, you better take that one point three billion or you, you better do something else. Because two two main things. One, he said he would. So he's trying to blame the Democrats now for not passing this in the Senate and shutting down the government. When he told Chuck and Nancy right there in the Oval Office and everybody saw it, he said he would shut down the government, he would take full responsibility for it and he would not blame them for a government shutdown. That's what he said. Two, um, this is the wall Mexico was supposed to pay for, that you lied to everybody and said Mexico was supposed was supposed to pay for. Okay, so the Senate on Friday considered legislation that would fund the government agencies through February eighth, two thousand nineteen, and appropriate five point seven billion dollars for the erection of two hundred and fifty—that's their word—erection, not man. Okay, (laughs) for the building of two hundred fifteen million miles of wall structures along the Mexico border. All right. Now the House passed. Uh, that legislation Thursday evening, okay? But Senate Democrats successfully unified on Friday and refused to back that measure. Uh, Senate Minority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York said that, um, okay, we have a troll. Okay, I have to kick out the troll. You know, if you're a troll, you must you must have what you don't have anybody spend Christmas with or something like that. You got to come on our page and mess with us. We don't we don't come on your page and mess with you. Okay. It's sad you called me a troll, so you must have been talking to me. She's replying to somebody else. Okay. If you if you're not a troll, then let us know, but you know, don't don't come on here trolling cuz I turn this into a comedy show and make a damn fool out of so you know anybody could come home, but <laughs> you got the wrong one. <laughs> okay, all right, let's continue here. So Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer, Chuck Schumer, said Friday, uh, December twenty-first, that Democrats were open to discussions with the House uh, of represent with the House of Representative Republicans, uh, but would not agree to any measure that funded the, the construction of a new border wall. Okay, so what they're talking about is um, using the one point three billion dollars because the one point three billion dollars that was already allocated. It's it 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 specifies how it can be used so it can be used to fix like the the fencing that's already there, repair the fencing that's already there. And that is taking place. Trump is lying, calling that the wall when he was campaigning he was talking about a wall not a fence he was talking about building a new wall he wasn't talking about repairing a fence that's already there so the the 1.3 billion dollars that was already allocated it specifies how it's to be used it could be used for technology things like this okay all right so and so this is what they're talking about so when they talk about 1.3 billion uh or 1.6 billion because 1.6 billion was thrown out also Uh, they're talking about along those lines not to to actually erect a new wall. So this is why Trump changed it. uh, I think it was yesterday. This is why he changed the language and talked about slates, which is more of a type of fencing as opposed to a solid like a brick wall like he was talking about and he was talking about a 10 foot brick wall and then he said oh the wall just got 10 feet higher, or something you know some nonsense he just I mean you know he, I mean he's just it's just some like some really really dumb people that fell for this okay <laughs> I guess they still believe in Santa Claus too <laughs> all right so Chuck Schumer said Friday that the Senate had unanimously agreed to a spending bill earlier in the week, which they did, and accused Trump of having, having quote, unquote, a temper tantrum because he wasn't getting money for the wall. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer said, President Trump, you will not get your wall. You're not getting your wall today, next week, or on January 3rd, when Democrats take control of the House, end quote. So Democrats tried to make clear to the White House for weeks that they had the votes to block any measure that contained money for the wall. As their power became clear to White House officials, White House press secretary, lying ass Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she's supposed to be leaving at the end of the year. I sure hope she leaves. I don't ever want to see her again. She just every, I mean, just day after day after day, she just stands stands there and lies. And she has just like no self-respect. Because if she had any self- self-respect, self she would have quit a long time ago. But White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders signaled this past Tuesday that Trump was planning to withdraw his request for the funds in an effort to keep the government open. And, and that's what happened, because there were reports saying that he was backing up on the request for the, uh, for the wall, okay? Uh, but then, that's what... Uh, but then, what happened was, when right-wing talk radio and people on Fox News were saying, "Look, you know," because Laura Ingram was on Fox News and said, "That's the that's the woman that told uh, LeBron James to shut up and dribble." Laura Laura Ingram. They had these they had these idiots on Fox News, okay? But white people listen to them. You know, a lot of people listen to them, okay? And some. A smaller percentage of African-Americans, but largely, you know, is, is largely older white people, especially white males, watch Fox News. And then when you when you look at Rush Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh has somewhere probably around 20 million listeners. OK. So, I mean, these people, you know, they have. And then you look at Sean Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity has a show on Fox News and he has a daily radio show. All right. Gerardo Rivera, I I know at one point, Gerardo Rivera had a daily radio show. I'm not sure if he still has it, but you have a lot of these right wing talk radio show hosts that are influencing. A lot of these people out here. And it influences the way they vote and influences the policies they get behind, et cetera. Okay, so. So we have to understand, power is the ability to define and shape reality and have other people accept your definition of reality as if it were their own. How's everybody doing? Share this broadcast on your Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in. Be sure to visit our website also, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can listen to uh, our audio podcast, listen to podcasts of our radio show, the African History Network show. All of my DVD lectures are there as well. We have digital downloads and online courses. That I teach also that are on demand as well, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay, so, so as their power, as the power of the Democrats became clear to White House officials, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders signaled this past Tuesday that Donald Trump was planning to withdraw his request for the funds in an effort to keep the government open. But Donald Trump received a torrent of criticism. From conservative lawmakers and commentators following, their, following this decision, and he reversed course on Thursday, scuttling a temporary bipartisan spending bill that would have extended funding through February 8, 2019, but did not contain money for his fake wall that he said Mexico was supposed to pay for. So on Friday, Donald Trump, so Donald Trump met with Uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell today and some other key senators, okay? So then Mitch came back, son of a Mitch, came back to the Senate and gave a speech, basically in support of the wall, but Mitch knows the votes don't exist in the Senate to pass this, okay? So on Friday, Trump urged Senator Mitch McConnell, Republican from Kentucky, to change long-standing Senate rules to pass the House measure providing 5.7 billion for the wall. Mitch McConnell refused to do that. See, he wanted, he wanted Mitch to employ uh, impose the, the nuclear option, which reduces the threshold that you need to get a, uh, a bill associated with a budget in the Senate passed instead of 60 votes, get it down to 51 votes. See, they did that for um, Neil Gorsuch, who was a horrible pick for uh, Supreme Court. Okay, Supreme Court Justice. Right. So Neil Gorsuch could not get the he could not meet the sixty vote threshold because he was unqualified. So what did they do? They lowered the standard for this unqualified white male. Okay, they lowered the standard for him so he can become. a Supreme Court justice. All right? And that was that was the Supreme Court nom- nomination stolen from President Barack Obama blocked by Senator Mitch McConnell and the Republicans cuz they wouldn't even give Merrick Garland who was uh President Barack Obama's uh nominee for Supreme Court. They wouldn't even give Merrick Garland a hearing. Okay? I ain't say a vote, they wouldn't even give him a hearing. All right? So So Mitch McConnell told uh, Trump that they couldn't do that. That violates the the rules of the Senate when it comes to a a budget measure. They can't implore the nuclear option. Trump doesn't know how the Senate works. Okay, He, he doesn't understand this stuff. He just knows he's in a world of trouble and he's trying to maintain his base because he needs his base to try to block impeachment of him. Because he knows the Democrats are going to impeach him, he knows this. When they take control of the House after Mueller's report, and there's in the the uh, NBC News uh, Ken Delanian on uh, MSNBC, and he's on NBC also. Uh, there's reports and NBC News has an article about this. NBCNews.com that Mueller may release a report as early as mid-February. Okay, because it's it's looking like it's looking like a at least a large portion of his investigation is winding down so trump knows he knows the hammer's about to drop and he knows he has nowhere to hide okay all right so um all right so let's keep going here all right so on Friday, um, Trump urged uh, Mitch McConnell to change the long-standing Senate rules to pass the House measure, providing five point seven billion dollars for the wall. Senator Mitch McConnell refused, making it impossible for Senate Republicans to marshal the measure through because Democrats control 49 seats in the 100 member chamber. Yes. Yeah, so we're still dealing with the we're still dealing with the old Senate. They don't. The new senators don't get sworn in. I I think it's January 3rd also. Okay, Uh, And and in that in in that Senate, they will have uh, Republicans will have 53 seats. People don't understand how important the U.S. Senate is. I'm serious. People do not understand how important the U.S. Senate is. All right. Okay. let's keep going here. Uh, So. Now, Donald Trump said um, earlier on Friday in the Oval Office, he said, quote, we're going to be working very hard to get something passed in the Senate. He said now it's up to the Democrats as to whether or not we have a shutdown tonight. I hope we don't. But but we've but but we've very much prepared for a long shutdown. Okay, but he said he wasn't going to blame the Democrats, you know, and see one, one of the problems with Trump. There's a number of problems with Trump. But one of the main problems is he keeps changing his position every other day or every other week. So it's hard to make a deal with somebody like that who won't uphold their their end of the bargain. How do you you make a deal with somebody who you can't trust like that? Now, Republicans were frustrated by by the reversal. And Democrats warned Friday that the president's erratic and unvetted decision in recent days decisions in recent days were unsettling financial markets. Okay, we see the stock market uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average to drop 400 points today. We see articles dealing with CNBC. uh, uh, CNBC CNBC.com has an article dealing with how uh, this week um, was the worst week for stock markets in 10 years, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which uh, is made up of 30 stocks. Okay, Stocks plunged again on Friday, sending the Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, to its worst week since the financial crisis in 2008, down nearly 7%. A lot of this has to do with this fool and the uncertainty that's taking place in the government. And the markets do not like uncertainty. When 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 this when this coming to a government and, and, and it's is is going crazy also because um general james mattis, mattis resigned announced well Trump announced Matt, uh, Mattis was resigning and that happened yesterday and Mattis was looked at as one of the last guardrails there, right, who was responsible and wasn't and wasn't a sycophant, wasn't a kiss ass for Trump. And he was looked at one of the last guardrails to keep Trump from going crazy. But if you got General John Kelly who's leaving, who was his chief of staff, you got General James Mattis who's leaving. You had uh, uh, General McMasters, who was his national security advisor after he had to fire Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. OK? McMaster was looked at as one of those to be like responsible to keep the reins on them. Well, if all these people are gone. Then this food gonna be book wild.
1: So, uh,
0: stocks were down uh, this week nearly seven percent on the Dow Jones and Dow Jones Industrial Average. The Nasdaq uh, index closed in a bear market. And the Standard and Poor's 500, S and P 500, was on the brink of one itself, down nearly eighteen percent from its record early this year. Now Trump is not talking about the stock market now. See, Trump keep back bra- bragging about the stock markets. Oh, we're at twenty five thousand, we're at twenty six thousand, blah, blah blah blah. You know, he he ain't, he, ain't bra- he ain't talking about the stock market now. The Federal Reserve's rate hike this past Wednesday drove the losses this week and fears of an extended government shutdown only added to the pain on Friday. So you had the I think it was a half a percent. The Federal Reserve increased interest rates that contributed some. But this this uh, this uncertainty that's taking place in the government and these people leaving, that's affecting the stock market as well. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 414 uh, points to finish at 22,405 in turbulent trading that sent the blue chip uh, index up as much as 300 points early in the day, only to trade back in negative territory less than one hour later. So a lot of people's, um, a lot of people who voted for Trump, their 401ks took a real beating this whole month, not just this past week, but this whole month, okay, it's been going crazy. OK, so check out the article. Uh, so let's see. Let's look here. Uh, here's the tally of the carnage. The Dow Jones, Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 6.8% 6, 6. and 1,655 points uh, this, this week. OK, it was horrible for the Dow this week. It was, it was its worst uh, percentage drop since October 2008. And some people may want to associate that with Obama. Obama wasn't in office in 2008. He didn't take the oath of office to January 20th, 2009. So you can't blame that on Obama. That was under Bush, okay? The NASDAQ lost 8.3% on the week. Um, And then also uh, S&P 500 lost uh, 7%, okay? The Dow Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500, Standard & Poor's 500 which are both in corrections, correction is when they lose, uh, the market loses 10% of its value, 10% or more of its value. is in correction uh, territory. The, these, stock, these markets, these two markets, are both on track for their worst December performance since the Great Depression in 1931, uh, down more than 12% each this month. This is under Trump. OK. And I saw an article today where Trump is worried that if the economy is terrible and if the stock market is stock market is in the tank, he's going to lose reelection. I got news for him. He ain't going to be around to run again. He ain't, he ain't going to be around for reelection because he's going to be forced to resign in 2019. OK. And if you were shot when Ali beat Foreman's behind, wait till you see Donald Trump resign he ain't going to make it through 2019. he's going to be forced to resign from office there're going to be too many investigations too much evidence coming out he's going to be he, there are already 17 investigations right now on his ass. there are already 17 investigations what happens when it gets to like 35 40 and you find out about all these other women you find you find about money you find about money you find out about money laundering Wait till wait, this is with 17 investigations. Wait till it gets to like
1: 3540.
0: Okay, so check out this article here from dot uh, com. That's NBC's business channel. Really, have like really good information on CNBC. They have some good shows on CNBC. They show the Shark Tank on CNBC also. Uh, and that's where also the profit, Marcus Lamanis. So I used to teach entrepreneurship. So I, you know, I, I like a lot of shows geared around business and and small business entrepreneurship things like this. Watch the Prophet, Profit, P R O F I T, the Profit with Marcus Lamanis. Okay, he's kind of like he's kind of like a, a one man Shark Tank. But what he does is he goes into failing businesses, right? Businesses that are failing, uh, losing money. And he goes in. And he just totally turns everything around. He works with the staff, works with the owners. He goes in, totally turns, turn things, turns things around. So you can learn a lot about business watching, not just the Shark Tank, but also the profit on CNBC as well. It's like, it's like one of my favorite shows. Okay. Okay.
1: So um, let's go back to this
0: article from the Washington Post here so republicans were frustrated by the reversal and democrats warned friday that donald trump's erratic and unvetted decisions in recent days were unsettling financial markets foreign allies and even members of his cabinet now senator bob Corker, a republican uh from tennessee who is uh, leaving the senate he chose not to run again so he only has a few more days in the senate uh he's the one who said that um the White House uh, was like an adult daycare, uh, with the <laughs> with them taking care of the toddler in the White House. He says like an adult daycare, but he said, "quote This is tyranny of talk radio hosts, right? This is tyranny of talk radio hosts." And so, how do you deal with that? He said, uh, "You he said you have two talk radio hosts who completely flipped the president." And so do we succumb succumb to tyranny of talk radio hosts? So he's talking about, um, largely he's talking about uh, Rush Limbaugh and Ann Coulter. Okay, now I don't know if Ann Coulter has a radio show. She may have a radio show. I know she does interviews. But uh, Ann Coulter, those are like the two main ones he's talking about. Now, Secretary of Defense uh, Jim Mattis or James Mattis announced his resignation Thursday. Through Trump, uh, well, he uh, actually he turned in he uh, he turned in a letter of resignation, and and Trump uh, announced it also. But the Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, had one of its worst weeks in recent decades, and has fallen almost four thousand four hundred points, okay, or sixteen percent since October. You have multiple federal parks and and uh, monuments are slated to close, okay, under this uh, partial shutdown. Uh, some as soon as Saturday, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, which regulates the stock markets, right? Uh, and the fi- regulates the financial houses, the investment firms, things like this, the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, Commission, posted a list of the services it will soon suspend, including the processing of certain business records. Uh, now, the Justice Department, the Commerce Department and Internal Revenue Service, are preparing to send thousands of workers home without pay. Now, we have to keep in mind, right, when you have a a government shutdown or a partial government shutdown, that usually that disproportionately negatively impacts African-Americans. Why? Because uh, African-Americans disproportionately work for the government, especially federal government. Because as the federal government, they were the first ones to uh, implement um, affirmative action laws, okay? So we were able to uh, gain some type of upward mobility by working uh, for different federal government jobs. They will be we able to get a-, a-, a better chance, okay? So when you have a shutdown like that, a lot of these employees are gonna be African-Americans not getting a paycheck. You're gonna have some white people to vote for Trump, but you're gonna have a lot of African-Americans Right. That work for the federal government. Um, And Trump's prediction that a shutdown would last, quote, unquote, for a very long time, meant that hundreds of thousands of federal employees risk missing at least one paycheck, even the Border Patrol agents and Transportation Security uh, Administration, TSA, At the airport, TSA officials who are directed to continue working during the shutdown will not be paid until Congress funds their agencies. I'm sure glad I don't have to fly dealing with TSA agents who are not getting paid. But see, this this is Trump. Let's be clear, people. This is not Republicans pushing this. This is this fool in the White House that I warned you about in 2016. I told you he was totally unqualified to be president. I told you he did not have the right temperament. And then also we see the article from, uh, we posted it here on our fan page, the African History Network. Uh, we see the article came out, I think it was today. Uh, he's told 7,200 false and misleading statements in the first 700 days of his, of his administration. So today, I think it's day 702, because I keep track, right? today is 702. This fool has told 7,200 false or misleading statements. How the hell do you do that? But see, yeah, Donald Trump has made, oh sorry, 7,546 is even worse. (laughs) 7,546 false or misleading claims over 700 days. Who does that? This fool's going crazy. Okay. And he's and, and, and Donald Trump Jr. also is afraid he's going to be indicted as well. Donald Trump Jr. Because see, Donald Trump Jr. lied in his testimony in Congress when it came to the Moscow uh, Trump project. Right. And Michael Cohen knows what happened because Cohen was was setting up the deal. And then CNN, Chris Cuomo on CNN got the letter of intent signed by Donald Trump for that project and Rudy Giuliani said that that didn't exist, it didn't happen, then Rudy Giuliani had to backtrack and say, oh, it did, but it doesn't matter? There's gonna be a lot of people going to prison, okay? Donald Trump has made 7,546 false or misleading claims over 70 days. You should ask You should ask your friends that voted for Trump, why does he lie so much? We've never seen anything like this. Why does he, he lie so much? Did he forget what he lied about? Because he remember, Trump said he has one of the world's greatest memories. Or did he forget about that? He said he has one of the world's greatest memories. So why does he lie so much? Okay. Uh, so watch the Washington Post, man, they have like a really, really good fact-checking department there. And Michelle Yee does a lot of the uh, she writes some of the articles dealing with the fact checking. They have a really, really good fact-checking department. That's why he hates Washington Post and Jeff Bezos. He hates Jeff Bezos so much. Not because of Amazon really, because I bet you Donald Trump orders stuff from Amazon. It's because Donald, it's because Jeff Bezos, who's the founder of Amazon, and he's also a real billionaire, by the way, he owns the Washington Post. And the Washington Post is kicking Donald Trump's behind. The numbers are astonishing. This came out today on the winter solstice, December 21st. Uh, so this one was done by uh, Glenn, Glenn Kessler, Salvador Rizzo, and Matt Kelly. Michelle Yee posted it, because I follow her on Facebook. But she didn't, she didn't write this. She wasn't uh, one of the ones that contributed to this, apparently. But the numbers are astonishing. In the first eight months, the first eight months of Donald Trump's presidency, Donald Trump made 1,137 false and misleading claims. Okay, I'm looking at the second laptop here. That's why I'm turning this way. An average of five per day. In October, as he barnstormed the country holding rallies in advance of the midterm elections, October 2018, he made 1,205 claims. Just in the month of October, that's an average of 39 false or misleading statements per day. Just in October of 2018. Because as the Mueller investigation was heating up, as 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 as, as more information was coming out, he was telling more and more lies. Because remember, he made up that lie about a 10% middle class tax cut that was going to take place, and he said it'll take place sometime in early. November. And they went to the White House and asked what the hell is he talking about? They said, we don't know what the hell he's talking about. And You really haven't heard anything else about this fake 10 percent tax cut. Combined with the rest of his presidency, that adds up to a total of seven thousand five hundred and forty six claims through December 20th. I don't even count the lies he told today on the winter social. I don't even count the lies he told today. This is through December 20th, right? The, the 700th day of his term. Yeah, so yesterday was 700, day 701. So today is seven hundred, the 701st day of his term, but it is, it's going to be a short term. And that's according to uh, the Fact Checkers database that analyzes, categorizes, and tracks every suspect statement uttered by the president. So when you go and read this and you click on that link, the fact fact checkers database, they categorize all these. You can go and you can look at each one of these lies he's told and they categorize it, Okay. The flood of presidential misinformation picked up dramatically as Donald Trump campaigned across the country during midterm elections, holding rallies with his supporters. Each of these rallies usually yielded 35 to 45 suspect claims. But Trump often tacked on interviews with local media in which he repeats the same false statements and gaggles with the White House press uh, corps before and after his trips. The second biggest month was November of 2018. Okay, last month cuz that's when you had midterm elections. And he he made 866 false or misleading claims in the month of November. And that's largely because of Trump's rallies just before the November 6th election. Okay? So you can check out the uh you can check out the rest of this here. But um well and we posted the link here on the thread of the broadcast. But this is at washingtonpost.com, okay? Um President Trump has made 7,446 false or misleading claims over 70 days. All right. So let's go back to this article here. Let's look at some of your comments. Somebody said something about Mike Pence. You could be saying President Pelosi, because Mike Pence is in deep trouble too. And see, if you go, if you go study um Spiro T Agnew, Spiro T Agnew was um, Richard Nixon's first vice president, Spiro T. Agnew resigned from office eight months before Nixon resigned from office because uh, Agnew was hit with uh, corruption charges and tax evasion charges, so he resigned from office. So uh, personally, I think I think uh, Mike Pence is in is in deep trouble also. Okay.
1: We got Mark, we've got uh, Rihanna,
0: is that Rihanna? Rihanna Land. Mark said, Bitcoin is is stay here worldwide. No government can stop Bitcoin. (laughs) It's just the value has dropped significantly in Bitcoin. Once they came out with, with Bitcoin futures, I think it was, the value of Bitcoin drops so much. That's why, you don't, that's why you don't see a whole lot of people on social media talking about Bitcoin anymore or cryptocurrency uh, in general, for that matter. All right, so let's go back to this article here. It uh, jumped to another article, so I'm trying to pull this back up. Let's look at some more comments. Um, and then also NBC has a, a good article dealing with what is going to be open, what is going to be... Um, have a good article dental with what's going to be open and what's going to be closed
1: uh during this um partial shutdown. Okay. And uh where the hell did that article go?
2: Okay. Pull it back up.
1: I
0: think I have it up here also, okay. So NBC News has an article, partial government shutdown set to arrive at midnight. uh, Despite last minute talks, the Senate left Friday night without passing a stopgap funding measure, essentially guaranteeing a lapse in funding, okay? And let me just
1: uh, get to, let me see,
0: I'm gonna just get to uh, anything else I didn't cover, They talk about what's going to be open and closed.
2: Uh, okay. I'll
0: pull that up. All right. So we got Jewel. What is a partial government shutdown? Seventy-five percent of the government is funded and will stay open. Twenty-five percent will be closed. What happens when the government shut down? Shuts down. NBCNews.com. What happens when the government shuts down? Okay. Uh, and this deals with what's open, what's closed. Uh, lawmakers went home Friday with uh, Friday night without passing a stopgap funding measure, essentially guaranteeing a lapse in funding at midnight for several major agencies. Okay, this is what I was looking for. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so only certain agencies will close. Uh, Congress has already funded 75% of the government through September, 2019. OK, so that's the that's the fiscal year um, and see, this is one of the responsibilities of Congress, OK, to fund the budget, to approve the budget. So the White House um, draws up a budget. They submit it to Congress for approval. OK, so the budget is somewhere around like four trillion, four point one, four point two trillion dollars. And funds go from the federal government to state government and from state down to counties and cities. OK, so, so this means uh, that many major departments like the uh, Department of Defense, Veteran Affairs, Department of Energy, Department of Education will remain open and fully functioning because 75% of the government is funded. The shutdown will primarily impact seven agencies which have not been funded and run out of money at midnight on Friday, OK, midnight on Friday. Homeland Security, Transportation, Commerce, Interior, uh, Agriculture, Housing and Urban Development, HUD, and uh, Department of Justice. Other independent agencies like NASA, the FDA, uh, Food and Drug Administration, the EPA, OK? And we've got it up here on this laptop. Also, oh, it's just the same damn article. OK, this is the same one. Okay. yeah, so uh, HUD and and all these, those are going to uh, uh, the FDA, the EPA, and the IRS would have to furlough most of their employees. Other independent agencies like NASA, the FDA, the EPA, um, and the IRS would have to furlough most of their employees, meaning, uh, so yeah. Okay, those departments and agencies will continue to be staffed by essential employees who would work without pay until the shutdown ended. All other non-essential employees will be sent home without pay, okay? More than 420,000 employees will be required to work without pay, and an additional 380,000 employees would be sent home According to a fact sheet compiled by Senate Democrat staffers, there's 800,000 employees. Basically, 420,000 will work without pay, and then once the shutdown is over, then they'll get the back pay. And 380,000 will be sent home without pay. Correctional office, correctional officers, correctional officers, FBI agents, U.S. Marshals, TSA. Uh, that's uh, TSA at the airport, okay, Uh, uh, TSA border patrol officers, Coast Guard employees, forest service uh, firefighters, forest service firefighters, and weather service forecasters are all expected to continue working without pay. So this is, so you you got a lot of African Americans that work at these agencies. These are government agencies, okay, national parks, which closed during a 16-day government shutdown in 2013 will remain open, but park visitor centers will likely close. While parks will remain open, staff will not perform maintenance and upkeep like snow removal to make sure they remain accessible. Smithsonian museums and the National Zoo in Washington would use remaining funds to stay open and pay employees until January 1st. It is unclear if they will. if it is unclear if they will remain open past New Year's Day. okay. the post office, the post office will also remain open, meaning any last minute Christmas gifts won't be affected by a shutdown. Okay. all this deals with politics. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power and resources and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments and treaties, their adoption, interpretation and enforcement. All this deals with the all this deals with the flow of money to fund all these agencies, okay? Uh, all right, so you can check out the, uh, you can check out this article also here. This is from uh, NBCnews.com, really good article. I'll bring some clarity to find out what's going to, uh, what's going to be affected by the uh, partial shutdown. But keep in mind who is responsible for this partial shutdown. And he said he would take full responsibility for it. When he was meeting, meeting with Nancy Pelosi uh, and uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, This is Donald Trump. This is his shutdown, okay? All right, what do you think about the Green Party? How do you compare it to mainstream parties? As far as what, what about the Green Party? I know Jill, I know Jill Stein was polling at about, I think what, 2% of national polls. I talked to African Americans and say, oh, I'm gonna vote for Jill Stein. I said, you know that's a vote for Donald Trump, right? You know how to count. I said, you know that's a you know that's a vote for Trump. And I said before personally, I think you're gonna find out Jill Stein was working with uh, Vladimir Putin. Go watch my go watch the broadcast I did um what was that on the 13th? It's about two and a half hours dealing with um it was dealing with trump and michael Coyne being sentenced it was uh, michael Coyne being sentenced it was dealing with david pecker and uh national Enquirer. he entered into a non-prosecutorial ag- agreement with uh the feds and he's going to be based, probably be a witness against trump but also i talked about jill stein being in russia december 2015 at the 10th anniversary celebration for Russia Today TV. And I showed you the picture. Jill Stein is sitting at Vladimir Putin's table. Right next to Vladimir Putin is Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who Trump had to fire after he was his national security advisor for 24 days because he was open to being blackmailed.
1: So Lieutenant General Michael Flynn is sitting right next to Vladimir Putin. Across from Putin is Jill Stein. And we're still trying to figure out, you know, who paid for her to go to Russia? Who paid for her hotel or accommodations? Was she paid to speak? It's like, what's really going on here? So um,
0: in some in some elections, I ain't talking about the president. In some local elections, things like this, a green party candidate, it's possible. they may be good. I have to look, I need to look at the issues. I need to look at the, I need to look at the issues and how their issues actually impact African Americans. And also, I look at, well, who who actually has a realistic chance of winning. 'Cause just voting for people that don't have a chance in hell will win winning—that's a wasted vote. I'm just—I'm just keeping it real. That's just a wasted vote. We have to learn to think. We have to learn to vote more strategically, okay? And understand the impact that policies have, and understand how to assess the policies of a candidate and see how they match up with our issues and our agenda.
1: Green Party, of Libertarians, yeah. Some
0: of the, some of the, some of the views don't make any damn sense. Okay. Sheila says she was in that photo. Hell yeah, Jill Stein was in that photo. You must not have seen in some of my broadcasts. <laughs> I've dealt with that before. Yes, <laughs> I talked about that. Um, I talked about that February, of, twenty seventeen. I thought about that in February 2017. I think that was February 2017, yeah, because I don't think it was this year. It's February 2017 I asked that question. Then I, I did that on, on the radio here in Detroit. I'm on 9, 10 AM Superstation WFDF. I used to be on the morning show. Uh, so on the morning show, I, I, I dealt with some issues because I was doing research on this. And I'm like, you know, what was she doing there? Yeah. Jill Stein reparations. Jill Stein said reparations. Some black folks lost their mind, knowing she couldn't win. Yeah. See, what you're going to find. This is what. See, I have to do. A, I have to do a separate broadcast because I've been like busy. I've been like really busy this week, and I fell behind in a lot of video editing work because I was having problems with my first laptop. So I had to go buy a second laptop because uh, I have a lot of video to ed, edit. I got to edit last this past Sunday's show. Uh, and get that up on YouTube, so I feel behind in a lot of my work. but we just saw the we just saw two big studies that came out, and I'm going through um looking at some more information, right? We just saw two big studies that came out this past week. oh damn hit this that talked about how um, it talked about how Russia targeted African-Americans during the 2016 election, okay? It's not news to me because I was telling people what was going on during the 2016 election. I was doing radio five days a week then. I was doing national radio. I was telling them then what was going on because I I could see that Russia was behind it. But Two quick articles here. Washington Post had one new report on Russia disinformation prepared for the Senate shows the operations scale and sweep. Okay. This is from December 17, 2018. New report on Russian disinformation prepared for the Senate shows the operations scale and sweep. Okay. And there were two reports. Uh, The first report by Oxford's uh, Oxford University's Computational Propaganda Project and Grafica, a network analysis firm, uh, offers new details of how Russians working at the Internet Research Agency, IRA, Internet Research Agency, which U.S. officials have charged with criminal offenses for interfering in the 2016 campaign, sliced Americans into key interest groups for targeted for targeted messaging, for targeted messaging. These efforts shifted over time, peaking at key political moments such as presidential debates or party conventions. uh, The the report found, okay, and they used they used all forms of social media. It wasn't just Facebook. Now there were thirty five hundred, about thirty five hundred Facebook ads that Russians took out, okay, and they were largely pro Donald Trump, largely negative to Hillary Clinton. Some were, po- some were pro-Bernie Sanders and pro-Jill uh, Stein, OK? So, re- so read that article from the Washington Post. That was, that was like the first, because the Washington Post was the first ones to get their hands on the report. So that was basically like the first article dealing with that. Now, the second report prepared for the Senate Intelligence Committee by Researchers for New Knowledge, Columbia University and Canfield Research. <laughs> Emphasized, emphasized this aspect of the Russian operation, saying, quote, the IRA, Internet Research Agency, created an expansive cross-platform media mirage targeting the Black community, which shared and cross-promoted authentic Black media to create an immersive influence ecosystem, end quote, OK? The IRA created an expansive cross-platform media mirage targeting, targeting the Black community, which shared and cross-promoted authentic Black media to create an immersive influence ecosystem. Okay, uh, Let me back up to the previous paragraph. The Russians aimed particular energy at activating conservatives on issues such as gun rights, and immigration while sapping the political clout of left-leaning African-American voters by undermining their faith in elections and spreading misleading information about how to vote. So they put out stuff saying you can text your vote in for Hillary Clinton, okay? Many other groups, Latinos, Muslims, Christians, gay men and women, liberals gay men and women liberals southerners veterans got at least some attention from russians operating thousands of social media accounts okay so that's one article so that dealt with the two reports that's one article new report on Russian russian disinformation prepared for the Senate shows the operation scale and sweep, okay? So then you have this, and that's Washington Post. So then you have this one here from New York Times, and the had a really, really good, like short article that was just a really good synopsis of the targeting of African-Americans. So I'm gonna do a separate broadcast dealing with this, dealing with this, because this stuff is deep. And this is what I was warning people about during the election. Because I, you know, I monitor about 35 different news sources on a daily basis. And I'm seeing stuff pop up from news sources I never even heard of before. And when I go research them, they're fake. And they're circulating fake stories. And a lot of, that, a lot of, those, a lot of those sites don't even exist today. A lot of these, those fake uh, online digital news sites that were popping up in the 2016 election, a lot of them don't even exist today. Russian 2016 influence operation targeted African-Americans on social media. This is from December 17th, New York Times. Scott Shane and, and Shira Finkel wrote this article. The Russian influence campaign on social media in the 2016 election made an extraordinary effort to target African Americans, used an array of tactics to try to suppress turnout among Democratic voters, and unleashed a blizzard of activity on Instagram that rivaled or exceeded its posts on Facebook, because they were using Instagram even more than they were using Facebook, okay? This is according to a report produced for the US Senate Intelligence Committee. The report adds new details to the portrait that has emerged over the last two years of the energy and imagination of the Russian effort to sway American opinion and divide the country which the authors said continues to this day. And yes, it does. You just got a lot of ignorant ass people out there that don't do research. A lot of them can barely read. And he's just operating just based upon a bunch of nonsense. Okay? Um, but what you're gonna find, what I, think you, what I think you're gonna find is that Jill Stein adopting reparations as a platform, knowing damn well she wasn't going to have to follow through on it cuz she knew she wasn't going to win. And see when people when people try to talk about when people try to use reparations as like a platform to be elected, my question for them is how you going what's your legal argument for reparations number 1? Cuz a lot of the arguments are moral arguments, not legal arguments. And number 2, how you going to make it happen? Cuz we know HR40, HR40's been sitting uh, can't even get out of committee that was um, initiated by Representative John Conyers in 1989. And I know they just redid it like last year, but they had not gone anywhere.
1: House resolution number 40. So
0: if, if there's if an elected official. Is. Using reparations, which is an emotional issue for many African-Americans, you're using that as a platform. To get elected, my question to you is: How are you going to deliver on that promise? What number one? What's your legal argument for reparations? Because a lot of people will say, "Well, we you you know we worked for two hundred forty six years for free. You us fourteen trillion dollars. We want it in small bills." Now, that's not a legal argument. That's an emotional argument. Because if you go study the history of slavery, you weren't supposed to get paid. That's the whole purpose of it. The whole purpose of slavery was to teach you skills, use skills you already have, work you until you die, and not compensate you. There were at least 262 skills, trades, and crafts that African people had in this country from 1619 to 1865. So so
1: it wasn't like we had a contract to be paid,
0: and they didn't pay us no the whole purpose was not to pay you in the first place so how do you come 153 years later at least and then say we want back compensation that's not a legal argument slavery was wrong that's a moral argument but there's, so so a lot of the arguments for reparations are not legal arguments a legal one legal argument would be to say well in 1807 the US Congress outlawed passed a law that outlawed the international transatlantic slave trade, meaning that in 1807, the US Congress passed a law that outlawed Africans being brought into this country as slaves. And it went to effect January 1st, 1808. So all the all the Africans that were brought into this country from January 1st, 1808 to about 1860 the civil war starts april 12 1861 all of them that were brought in from january 1st 1808 that's all illegal because it violated
1: the federal law of the US
0: so now you have some type of legal argument prior to that it was legal to it was legal to bring them into the country it was legal to Worked them to death, it was legal not to pay them. So trying to sue and say we never got paid, well hell, you weren't supposed to get paid. I'm not saying it was right. I'm saying that's what that's what that was the whole purpose. So oftentimes we don't understand the difference between a legal argument and a moral argument. And you don't go to legal court to make a moral argument. That's why none of those lawsuits
1: have worked. Another
0: legal argument would be to enforce the Black Freedmen Indian Treaties of 1866. And that's something that Dr. Claude Anderson is taking up and pushing for. Because the uh, that the Black Freedmen Indian Treaties of 1866, that's law. And that was amongst the Choctaw, Chickasaw, Creek, Cherokee, and Seminole Indians. And uh, when they got pushed off their land in Southeastern United States because the Indian Removal Act of 1830, they all go out west over a thousand miles on the Trail of Tears, going to Oklahoma. And they take their black slaves with them because they all all five civilized tribes and Native Americans own black slaves, African slaves. And when the Civil War came, they fought on behalf of the Civil War because they didn't want to give their slaves up, okay? But they didn't know they were violating the treaties that they had signed with the U.S. government because there were clauses in the treaties that they would never take up arms against the Union. Okay, so after the Civil War ends, you know, they're going to have to sign these new treaties. And the treaties forced them to release their slaves. And they the, the, the uh, formerly enslaved African people, they were given uh, compensation.
1: They were given land. They were given uh,
0: funding from the government um they were made full members of those Native American nations okay so they were given some type of compensation and those treaties are still being enforced today now we got pushed out of those treaties uh about 1941 but those five civilized tribes and Native Americans they still get government assistance because of those treaties so now that's a legal argument that's law that is still on the books still being enforced today. That's a legal argument. A lot of this other stuff are, a lot of this other stuff are not legal arguments. they're moral arguments. And you don't go to a legal court to make a moral argument. We don't understand the difference. I interviewed uh, Dr. Jahi Issa and uh, brother
1: Reggie Marbury. I think it was early this year, um,
0: because they wrote an article, co-wrote an article for Black Agenda Report dealing with uh, reparations that's dead, here's how to revive it. And they were talking about the legal argument, the real legal argument for reparations based upon the uh, law that went into effect in 1808 that outlawed the Importation of Africans into this country.
1: Okay, but I think you're going to
0: find when it came to Jill Stein making reparations part of her platform, I think you're going to find that was poll testing. I think you're going to find they did surveys to see like what were important issues that resonated with African Americans, because she knew she ain't, wasn't going to have to come through on it. But what were important issues that resonated with African-Americans to get them to support her to take votes away from Hillary Clinton to
1: help Donald Trump win.
0: So when all of it comes out, just remember, I tried to tell you, because I was telling people back during the election what was going on. Okay, so check out this one from the New York Times also Russian Russian 2016 influence operation targeted African Americans on social media. All right, hey African American business owners hey post the name of your business here on the thread of the broadcast uh, and email us at customer service at African history com. customer service at African history network.com will let you know how you can advertise. With the African History Network, we take your 30-second and 60-second commercial. We put it into the audio podcast of our radio show. We broadcast our show uh, Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, each uh, show, we're on six different podcast platforms. We're on iTunes, CastBox, TuneIn, uh, Blog Talk Radio. We're on six different podcast platforms. Each episode um, gets about uh, between 4,000 to 8,000 listens in the first two weeks so you can uh, reach a lot of new potential customers. Email us at service at africanhistorynetwork.com for more information because uh, current promotion is, um, you get 50% off your first month and second month is free.
1: All right, let's look at, uh,
0: Corey said Hillary Clinton stole the nomination from Bernie Sanders. No, she didn't steal the nomination from Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was not a Democrat. This is what people do not understand. Bernie Sanders was an interloper. He was in Congress for 25 years as an independent. He started in the U.S. House of Representatives in 1991. He switched over and was elected uh, as a U.S. senator in 2007. He was in Congress, Bernie Sanders was not new. He was in Congress for 25 years as an independent. The only reason he switched over to the Democratic Party was to run for president, that was it. Because when he went back to the US Senate, he switched back to, as an independent and I was just on his US Senate page two weeks ago, senate.gov, I was just on his Senate page and it hasn't listed as an independent. He went back to being an independent. No. People's feelings are hurt. You don't understand politics. No. Bernie Sanders was not a Democrat. The only reason why he joined the Democratic Party and ran as a Democrat is because he said it would be too hard to run as an independent and to get and to be able to get his name um, to, get, to get the required um signatures to be on the balance in all 50 states if he ran as an independent it would be much harder to run as an independent it's not impossible but no so the democrats are like who the hell are you even though he votes he caucuses with the democrats in the senate he ain't, he's not a democrat so they're like who the hell are you the same thing happened if an independent wanted to run as a Republican. They're like, wait a second, you been it's same if 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 Sanders wanted to run as a Republican and he'd been in Congress for 25 years as an independent, like, why don't you run as an independent? Why you why you running as a Republican? No, people people still don't understand that. They said, uh, And they split the vote. The reason why I split the vote. Is because people were caught up on personality over policies. That's why I split the vote. People were caught up on personalities. This is why I tell people it's not about personalities. It's not about political affiliation. It's about the policies. People didn't go look at Donald Trump's policies. They didn't pay attention. I saw saw over 100 campaign speeches that Donald Trump made, over 100 campaign speeches and interviews he made during the election. Saw over 100 of them. I did fact checking on statements that he made. I read all the policies he had at his website. Uh, Donald, I think it was DonaldJTrump.com. He had 13 policies at his website. Hillary Clinton had 36 at her website. I read all of her policies. I read all of his policies. I did chat, fact checking on his statements. I did fact checking on her statements. Okay, They didn't pay attention to any of that. They just dealt with who they liked. I'm not caught up on personalities. I deal with the policies, because the policies, that's what's going to impact you. Um, let's see here. OK. All right, so hey, guys, in Detroit, I'll be speaking at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African-American History, second day of Kwanzaa, Kuj- uh, Chagalia. That's uh, Thursday, December twenty I'm there 6 PM to 9 PM. Malcolm Grassroots Movement is organizing that uh, that event. I'm um, near the first three days of Kwanzaa, it's taking place uh, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. basically each day now uh, on Saturdays or Sunday, like um, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, I'm not sure. Visit theright.org, W-R-I-G-H-T, theright.org for more information. Uh, it's free and open to the public. Uh, I'll be a vendor there the first three days, so we'll have a vendor table. And then also, I'm speaking at Birch Warehouse on Saturday, December 29th. I'm um, there at 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. for the uh, fourth day of Kwanzaa, the Kwanzaa celebration that uh, uh, the People's Action Committee is doing, uh, Brother uh, Nagas Vu. Uh, so I'll be speaking there. Also, I'll have a vendor table. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have that information there at our website, okay? Uh, we have the uh, DVD, uh, eight DVD bundle pack, the Africans that were here before Columbus. The Africans that were here before Columbus is at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have some of those shipping out tomorrow. So I'll be working on orders uh, tomorrow. And that includes a double uh, lecture idea with Dr. David M. Hotep, who wrote the book, The First Americans Were Africans Documented Evidence. And um, his book deals with the African presence in this country going back at least 51,700 years. But this DVD, this eight DVD bundle pack deals with who was here in America. It deals with the African presence in this country before Europeans got here and also before Native Americans got here. Okay, uh, and includes a lecture from Dr. Ivan Van Sertema dealing with the cave before Columbus, one uh, from Dr. John Henrik Clark dealing with. Um, Christopher Columbus and the African Holocaust. And then also a double lecture I did with Professor Walter kamanea formerly known as Booker T. Coleman from the Hidden Colors documentaries. Dealing with the African presence here and in Mexico also. Okay, so that's an eight DVD bundle packed to Africans that were here before Columbus. When you read Trump's page, did he say Mexico was going to pay for the wall? Um, I don't remember if he had that on his page, but he said that on his, um, he said it on the campaign trail. He said Mexico is going to pay for the wall. Also, Trump did not have a criminal justice reform program either. Hillary Clinton did. People really need to go to the campaign websites of um, candidates who are running and like actually read their policies, OK? Because Trump did not have a criminal justice reform program. And if you go, if you like. Um, Look at some of my presentations, like, and if you like, look at the lecture that I did, um, African-American resistance in the era of Donald Trump, voter suppression, reparations, and high elections have consequences. African-American resistance in the era of Donald Trump, voter suppression, reparations, and high elections have consequences. Uh, I go through and I, I deal with how, how Trump is reversing a lot of policies that President Obama had in place. There have been over 100 policy reversals. Over 100 policy reversals all across the board, Department of Education, Department of Justice, Environmental Protection Agency, HUD, all across the board. And a lot of these policy policy reversals are detrimental to
1: African-Americans, but we didn't even know that they existed. This This is an example of how elections have consequences. All right.
0: Okay. And then also, if you like this type of information, you can donate to the African History Network, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, or go to our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. Click on the yellow donate button there. If you don't have a PayPal account, do that. Go to our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. You can donate debit card or credit card. That helps us to stay on the air, keep doing the research, keep broadcasting our show. Uh,
1: Pay the bills, etc. Okay, got Lee. Okay, so pay
0: attention to what's going on. Watch Roland. Watch Roland Martin unfiltered Monday through Friday. Uh, He broadcasts live 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. and and it repeats. Follow him on Twitter. Sorry, follow him on YouTube. uh, Roland Martin on YouTube, and also Roland. Martin on Facebook because that's like the best daily show. And he has, he does a lot of good interviews. He does with politics. He deals with economics. He does with a lot of information. Okay. And we, and when he broadcasts live, we usually try to share the broadcast here on our fan page, the African History Network. Okay. All right, guys, look, at I have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world, because right now, it's correct wrong behavior. You know, at the Kwanzaa event last year, at the end of my presentation, the second day of Kwanzaa, because I usually speak there for Malcolm X Grassroots Movement, second day of Kwanzaa, I did a little spoken word after my presentation. (laughs) And it was called, um, I told you this fool is crazy. Right. <laughs> and then with something like this, if you were shocked when Ali beat Foreman's behind. Wait till you see Donald Trump resign. He's a kind man and a fraud and lost all three debates. He's the first Russian president of the United States. He cheated on all three of his wives and had children by different babies. Mamas. <laughs> Donald Trump is everything negative. White people thought they would get from Obama. He has black people, what the hell do you have to lose as he stared right in our face, then reversed over 100 policies that President Obama had in place. When he resigns from office, I'm gonna say, see you wouldn't wanna be you because this fool is trying to start a war in Jerusalem and North Korea. Too many people didn't vote in 2016 because of false pretenses. Donald Trump is a perfect example of how elections have consequences. All right, I gotta get out of here.
1: Talk to y'all later. Peace.